today, uh, I want to start off by sharing a little bit uh, about something that's been happening in uh, in Kentucky, a move of God that's happening there, and just something for us to, to be aware of and to celebrate. Um, I just think it's really cool, so I'm just going to kind of give a brief overview of that for people who maybe aren't familiar of, of what's been transpiring there. Uh, not last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, about 11 days ago, uh, students at the Christian College, Asbury College, um, were at their typical morning chapel, uh, they had a speaker come in that appears to be somebody that had been there from time to time. Um, they, when the preaching ended, uh, some of the students left and they went to their, their classes, but some of the students felt led to stay and to pray and to worship. And this wasn't typical. One of the girls that um, goes to the college was at that morning chapel. She left and she was doing something out in the hallway and a little while later she hears that there's still sound coming from the chapel and thought that was a little bit unusual. They should be heading to their 11 o'clock uh, classes. And so, um, but she felt something was tugging her to go back and join them and she ended up staying there for the remainder of the day and through the evening. Um, other kids ended up joining over time um, and the, the spirit of the God is, of God has just been meeting with them there. Um, and it continues to meet with them in a powerful way. Uh, many students and people from the area, even throughout the nation, even I heard a story of, of people driving from Canada to go down to visit uh, this college where this outpouring is happening. Um, they go there, they spend hours and hours uh, just basking in the presence of God, just in worship and in prayer. And it's so powerful that they, they just don't want to leave. They, they don't want to, to leave that presence. Um, when they started, it started as a small group of students that were just hungering after God in prayer and worship. And now it's grown to thousands uh, of people that have either been there or um, I think, I don't know if they hold around a thousand at a time. I don't know. It sounds like there's been lines going down the street of people wanting to come in. And there's been, I think, some other sites that it's been kind of spreading to as well. But um this, this has not just remained uh, a time of worship and prayer, but it's included repentance. It's included testimonies of healing and deliverance. Um, and, uh, and this, like I said, this started 11 days ago. And as of yesterday, it's still, still going on. This wasn't a planned re revival. It wasn't a, a result of bringing in a, a charismatic speaker. Uh, there was no band with lights and smoke machines and thumping bass. This was just a well-lit, regular morning chapel. They'd been going through the, the books of Roman, the book of Romans, and the message was on the last 13 verses of, of chapter 12. So they're just continuing their normal uh, routine. Uh, it was actually kind of funny because the speaker, as, as speakers do, as they get towards the end, they realize, you know, they're running out of time. And he says, I'm, I'm running out of time, not knowing that this chapel service <laughs> wasn't going to be ending for, for days. Um, the message that was shared that the Holy Spirit seemed to grip the hearts of the students with um, was about their inability to, to follow the commands on how to love each other, how to serve one another, um, how to honor one another, that, that they can't do that by their own strength. And it ended with a challenge and a prayer that the students would seek hard after God that they would truly know his love, that they would, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would really know the awesomeness of the love of God in a way that they would be able to carry that love out into the world and that they'd be able to share that, um, that, that they would have the capacity to love as God loves. 
And so um, one of the students there uh, that was there from the beginning, he wrote on day eight, he was talking about how different outpourings of the Holy Spirit that have happened over time have had different traits to them. And he says, I find it interesting that God would mark this outpouring with a tangible sense of a peace for a generation with unprecedented anxiety, a restorative sense of belonging for a generation amidst an epidemic of loneliness, an authentic hope for a generation marked by depression, and a focus on participatory adoration for an age of digital distraction. He said it, it feels as if God is personally meeting young adults in ways meaningful to them. So there's a, there's a deep need uh, that people in this nation are experiencing right now. And I think he correctly points out that his generation is a group that's experiencing it maybe to a greater degree. Um, when you look at all the shifts in culture, you look at the shifts in politics and the changes in technology that have impacted the way that people uh, interact with each other. Um, people are anxious, people are lonely and depressed, and they're so distracted by all the noise around them that they never really have the time to address all this stuff, and it just kind of keeps piling up. And uh, this is not just limited to this younger generation, though. Um, but whatever your age or whatever the age of the person, God is more than able to bring healing, and that's what he's doing, and that's why he's pouring out at Asbury. He's, he's pouring out this, where the Holy Spirit is filling them with this, this understanding of God's love, and it's bringing healing and restoration, and, uh, and they, you know, they rightly can't get enough of it. And so, um, yeah, it's amazing. And uh, so first off, my thoughts, I just, I just praise God that, he, that he's pouring out his spirit on this younger generation, that he's filling them, that, that he can use them to, to bring this out into the world around. Like God is doing a great thing and, it is, and it's just exciting to see, you know, especially like I said, these young generation, they're, they're the ones who are gonna be around for a while to carry this with them. And so to see this generation go and, and, have, and, and, and take it out in the world. This is a Christian college. A lot of these kids went there probably having hopes and plans to, to maybe be a, a pastor or a missionary or, or to be involved in ministry. They want, they want to be used somehow. They have a desire for that. And so it's oftentimes why a person chooses a Christian college because they, they really want to see God use them. And so they're being filled for that purpose. Um, secondly, uh, this makes me want, <laughs> I want to have that here. You know, I want to experience that. I talked a couple weeks ago about how uh, passion is love turned all the way up. Like if you're driving in a car and you turn the radio all the way up and you have your, you know, windows down and you don't care if people shake your head at, their head at you, uh, you know, having that kind of passion. Um, in order to live love out loud like that, to live love that big, we have to be filled with a love that big bigger than uh, we can imagine, bigger than we can muster up on our own. It has to be something that the Holy Spirit does in us, something that he deposits in us. And, uh, but we have to be willing to surrender to it. We have to be willing to take the time to receive it. Um, and that leads me to my third thought, which is uh, this would not have happened if there were not students that were hungry for, the, for God. Um, that they were that were willing to to hear the word of God and then act on it. Um, many of the students left the class because their schedules dictated it. But some students 
um, felt this tugging and they, and they gave the spirit priority over their regular schedules, um, their regular obligations. If we want to see God do something incredible, if we want to see the, the Holy Spirit move in power in our homes, in our communities, in our church, and even in the world, we have to learn to hear and surrender to whatever the Spirit is leading. This usually doesn't mean uh, adjusting your entire schedule to be at, you know, revival meetings six hours a night. Um, but what if it did? Like, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome to experience God's presence in a way that you just don't want to leave? Like, like um, being led by the Spirit could simply be surrendering to forgive when you desire to be angry. <laughs> like sometimes you just want to be angry. But, but living in the Spirit means that you choose to forgive. Uh, sometimes it means choosing to ch- trust in God rather than being anxious. Um, sometimes it might be even when you go out to a restaurant, for some reason you feel like you should tip bigger than you normally do. Um, you don't know why, you know. But maybe, maybe the Spirit is leading you to do something and maybe there's something bigger that could happen from it. We never know what a small surrender to the Spirit might do. We don't know what kind of amazing, incredible impact it might have if we heed to whatever that voice is. So let's, uh, let's pray and just give thanks and then uh, I'll get into the, the meat of the message. Dear Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that uh, you care enough uh, for us and for this generation that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon them, Lord. We believe, we believe that your Holy Spirit is, is, uh, is available to all of us as we uh, seek your face, as we call on you, as we sit at your feet and, and, uh, and ask, Lord, what, what would you do in me today? And uh, Lord, we just pray that, uh, that you'd give us that heart, that you'd give us that hunger, and that you'd cause us to uh, be willing to uh, change our schedules to to arrive a little late at something if it if you're calling us to to do something else first lord um help us to uh, be used by you and to be empowered by you for whatever purposes you have for us pray this in jesus name amen, amen. Uh, today's message is on life in the spirit uh a pastor and author uh from a long time ago, named Andrew Murray. Uh, he once wrote, men ought to seek with their whole hearts to be filled with the Spirit of God. Without being filled with the Spirit, it is utterly impossible that an individual Christian or a church can ever live or work as God desires. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. The eternal life that we have as Christians comes through faith in Jesus Christ and through the work of the cross that paid the penalty for our sins, but the power that gives us life and sustains life and makes it vibrant is through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does this, what does it mean? Through our our study in Peter, we talked about um, how we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Once we're saved, the moment that we put our trust in Jesus and we're born again, 
Jesus um, explained, as, as Jesus explained to Nicodemus in John uh, 3, 5 through 6, Jesus said, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Jumping ahead to verse 14 and 15, uh, Jesus continues saying, and as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes will have eternal life. So we have our spiritual life that's born of the Spirit. Uh, um, the Holy Spirit births that in us in our eternal life, which is given to everyone. I'm um, sorry. We have our spiritual life that the Holy Spirit births in us is the eternal life um, that's given to all who believe. Jesus was born by the Holy Spirit and we are born by the Holy Spirit as well. The grave could not contain Jesus, and we know that because we ha are sealed with the Holy Spirit, that um, it cannot contain us either. Isn't that exciting? Um, it's awesome to think that death has no power over us. We have no, no reason to fear it. We can actually uh, almost look forward to it. Um, we see that in, in 2 Corinthians 6, 8, um, 6, <laughs> Uh, verses eight, uh, six through eight. I think I said that right. Five, six through eight. Here we go. Uh, so we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So being at home with the Lord is better for us, but is better for the world for us to be here. God has a purpose for us here. Paul continues in verses 9 and 10, and he says, So whether we are here in this body or we are away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we all must stand before Christ to be judged. We will receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Our goal is to please him, to please Jesus Christ, who came and experienced our punishment that we might be saved. So now, because he demonstrated this great love for us, uh, we respond by uh, showing our love, our obedience, in desiring to please him. We desire to please him, but we can't do it on our own. We can't do it um, as we couldn't, we couldn't please him as we were, and, and as we're saved, we, we need the power of the Spirit in us in order to please him, uh, please him. In Romans 8, it says, our sinful nature is hostile to God. And in verse 8, Romans 8, 8, it says, that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. You can't please God in the old nature. Um, we have a choice each day, and, and really throughout each day, we can choose, are we going to live according to the flesh? Are we going to live according to the old nature? Letting our personal feelings and our emotions dictate not just what we do, but how we go about doing it, what, what our attitude is as we go about doing it. Or we can choose to live according to the Spirit. Last week, um, I found myself getting kind of anxious, kind of stressed as I was preparing for the message. I was a little bit sick earlier this week, and so it kind of <laughs> delayed some things, and I felt a little pressure. And, uh, and I prayed to God about it, and I, 
I felt God saying to me, do you trust me? And, uh, and I said, yes. And immediately what came to mind is tell that to your face. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know if that was God or not. Um, but it caused me to snap out of it and choose to trust and to have peace rather than stress. You know, like if, we, if we're trusting in God, act like it, you know. <laughs> you know, tell your face, you know. Um, I, I, I had to make a decision, that decision that I was going to trust in God. And, and I actually had to make that decision a few more times. Like it was a little bit of a battle. Like I'm, you know, I trust and I felt like, yes, you know, I, I, you know, I trust you, God. I'm confident in you, you and I work for a little bit. And I'm like, man, I don't know what the clock's ticking. You know, like, I don't know, whatever it is. But it's just, I felt like, it was kind of like, no, Lord, I trust in you. I trust in you. And, and that joy comes back and that anxiety disappears as we choose to walk in the Spirit. So we can choose to walk in the Spirit. We can live according to Spirit. And when we live according to the Spirit, the Spirit reminds us um, always of God and reminds us of His promises. Sometimes we just have to stop and choose. Uh, are we going to operate out of God's power, which is His Spirit? Or are we going to live in His promises? Or are we going to operate out of our feelings and our weakness? If we jump back a couple verses in Romans 8 and we look at verses 5 and 6, It says, those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So until we die, we're going to have to contend with the sinful nature whose desires and passions are in conflict with our new nature and with the Holy Spirit that lives in us. The more we deny our flesh, the weaker it becomes and the easier it becomes for us to surrender our control to the Spirit. We have just those two options. It's nice. It's not like you go into some restaurants and there's a menu just full and you're standing there and you're like, I don't know, I don't know, you know, they keep on coming back. You know, sometimes I'm sitting there and the waiter comes back three or four times before I decide what I actually want. We, we, we just have two options on how we're going to live life. We can live by the spirit or we can live by the flesh. So when we're going through the day and something happens, um, whether there's a decision that we need to make or we're having some sort of a conflict with uh, somebody at work or somebody at home, we can ask ourselves, am I going to operate out of life in the spirit or am I going to operate according to my sinful nature? Galatians uh, 5, 16 through 18 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Even though we made the decision when we first became Christians that the old way, the flesh, is dead to us. We, we, we don't want it. We've, we've just, we, we recognize that there's nothing that it brings but death, but that for some reason doesn't seem to stop us from choosing it sometimes. Um, the difference is now we don't have to. Uh, we're not slaves to the flesh. We have a choice. Uh, we used to only have that one option, but now we're free to live in the Spirit. But if you're going to live in the Spirit, let's choose to live in the Spirit with passion, to live to the fullest, okay? Not just receive 
salvation, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit that we can have something greater than just uh, maintaining until one day, you know. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes except to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's convincing you to live by the flesh. But then Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I don't know if it's intentional that Jesus said life and then he said and more abundantly, but it sounds like maybe there's two different things. It sounds like there's there's life and then there's life more abundantly. We talked about the spiritual life that was birthed in us when we first believed. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. We're, we're, we're secured for heaven. We have life. But if we're going to please God, if we're going to receive a reward one day when we stand before him, um, we have to have the power to live by the Spirit not just be sealed with the Holy Spirit, but to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can stand against the attacks of the enemy and so that we're equipped to do every good work that he's planned for us to do. So one example that we find of believers in Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit is found in Acts 8, 12 through 17, where we find Philip preaching in Samaria. It says, but the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went. He was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people in Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. They'd already received the message of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> and they were referred to as believers, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is vital to living this new life that God began in us abundantly. Not only does this um, allow us to resist Satan and the desires of the flesh, but it's the source of power and giftings that we need to not just have life, but to have it more abundantly. So here are four reasons, four things why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's many other things that, that we, could, we could look at, but, um, but I, I got four uh, to share today. Number one, uh, it's the first one that we kind of see as Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit being given, is to be a witness. Jesus said to his disciples in Acts 1.8, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So for them to be effective witnesses, they needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit performed signs and wonders through them, and it also gave them the words and the ability to preach um, the gospel message to the people, to, to know how to, to speak clearly 
and and the Holy Spirit worked through them to grip their hearts. It, I, I don't even know that it was so much their words, but the fact that it was filled, their words were filled with the Spirit. Um, the Spirit of God was upon them and used them to reach the people as a witness for Him. We need that Holy Spirit power as well if we're going to be a witness to the people around us. We can't do it by our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit to be on us and, and, and empowering us. Um, the second, the second thing is prayer. I look at Romans eight twenty six through twenty seven. Um, twenty six through twenty seven, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all. Hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. The Holy Spirit can enhance our prayers, um, praying even when we run out of words. One of the definitions um, that I saw for groanings was a sigh heaved from the heart. Um, it's, it's not necessarily a spoken word, a spoken groan, um, but it's when we feel the Holy Spirit leading us to call out to God, but all we can think to say is help. <laughs> but there's a there's an ache coming from our heart that cause, that's caused by the Holy Spirit that carries a message that God understands, and the Holy Spirit prays for us. Uh, number three, the Spirit guides us. In Acts 8, Philip was headed down a, a desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And uh, picking up the story in verse 29, it says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk beside the carriage. Okay? So Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instruct me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Philip, then after he, he climbed up and sat with him, Philip then shared the gospel message with him. And the man received the message, believed, and was baptized. So he was asked to go, just, he was told to go walk by a carriage. Like, what does that even mean? Like, why, it doesn't, like, wouldn't it be okay if he just walked where he was? Why does it matter if he walks, you know, 50 feet this way or 50 feet that way? God said, go walk by the carriage. It maybe didn't make any sense to him, but he obeyed. Um, now, if the Holy Spirit would have said, go talk to the man in the carriage, you know, that would have made more sense maybe. Um, but God's plan doesn't have to make sense to us, right? It's amazing what might happen if we respond anyways, even when it doesn't make sense. In this case, Philip just said, okay, you want me to go walk by the carriage? I'll walk by the carriage. And a man was saved, and, and he's forever going to be in eternity with us in heaven. And so it's amazing what might happen when we just respond to what the Spirit is calling, even when we don't know why. Um, I'm going to ask the, whole, the, ask the worship team to come up here. Uh, number four, the Holy Spirit imparts God's love. Romans 5, verses 3 through 5 we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us 
because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. He has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We experience God's love through the power of the Holy Spirit. God's love is not something that we, um, that we just read about. Like, I think with, with people, you know, you can, they can tell you, you that they love you and you can kind of understand to a degree what they mean by that. You can, you can, you can sense their love, but God's love is greater than that. We, we can't just hear that God loves us and, and even really come close to fathoming that. I, I don't think, I don't think we'll, we'll ever get to the full understanding of what that looks like, but in order to really know the, the love of God, to, to, to experience it in a degree where, where it will empower you and shake you, um, we need the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit is the one that fills our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit can express to us the greatness of God's love that is beyond our comprehension. And from what I've heard from some of the interviews with uh, the people who've been to Asbury or the, the students who went to Asbury, that's what they're experiencing there. They're being filled with the love of God in a measure that's so overwhelming that they go back day after day, sometimes spending six, seven, eight hours there because they don't want to leave. They just want to be in the presence of God, feeling that love filling them. Ephesians 5, 8, uh, sorry, 5, 18 through 19 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Oftentimes we might think of college students as staying up way too late uh, out with their friends drinking. How awesome is it to hear about college students who are staying up way too late, spending time with their friends, worshiping God together, praying for one another, soaking up the love of God and seeking for him to guide them by his spirit so that they can pour that love out around the world. Now we're not college students in the middle of Kentucky, um, but we all need the Holy Spirit. We all need what the Holy Spirit has for us. Um, but we have to choose to live in the Spirit and not in flesh. And I've been, been reminded over and over lately about how our lives become so distracted um, that, that we find little time to just sit in quiet and, and face some of the issues, the, some of the things that are churning inside of us that that God really wants to heal. He really wants to uh, help us lay down and take off. Um, the Holy Spirit wants to fill us. He wants to comfort us. He wants to heal us. He wants to encourage us. But we are so distracted. And so I thought, we have a moment here. We have a moment where we can sit and we can just be in the presence of God. We can ask him to fill us. We can ask him to help us with any struggles, any needs that we have. Um, maybe there's prayers you've been praying that you've run out of words for, and we just need to sit and let the Spirit groan in us and offer those to the Lord. Maybe you have a family member or a friend that's not saved and you need the Holy Spirit to empower you to witness to them, to have the words to say, or, or just to seek that the Holy Spirit would, would pour himself and reveal himself to him that they might know 
God, that they might know Jesus, that they might receive the message of the cross and be saved. Maybe you've just been feeling run down, burnt out, and lately, and you just need the Holy Spirit to fill you with the love of God so that all those stresses can melt away and you can you can trust in God in a way where those anxieties are not, not weighing on you. Um, God's love overcomes all of that. And we can experience abundant life, life more abundantly. We can have that peace that surpasses understanding. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to take five minutes or so um, and we're just going to spend some time in prayer and worship. Um, you can express your needs to God. Uh, you can you can express your hunger to him. If you don't feel like you're hungry for him, um, like you were in the past, or, or maybe you've never been, you can ask that the Holy Spirit would stir a hunger inside of you. Um, if you want to sing, you can sing. If you want to sit and pray, you can sit and pray. If you just want to sit in quiet, if you just want to sit and not not pray, not sing, but just listen to what the Spirit might speak to you, do that. I just want to pray, and then we're going to worship. Lord, I pray that you would meet with us, that you would fill us with your Spirit. Lord, that you would speak through your Spirit, your promises to us. Lord, and that by your Spirit, you would fill us with your love, and that you would be glorified in this place. Lord, we pray that you would meet us here. We pray that... Uh, you know our needs. Uh, even there's things that, that maybe are underneath the surface that we don't even know how to put words to. We just know that something doesn't feel right. And Lord, I just pray that you would meet with us today, that you would, uh, that you would bring healing and that your presence would uh, strengthen us, uh, fill us with your joy, and uh, fill us with a love and a countenance that will go through a, go with us throughout the week, throughout the months, throughout the years, um, that we can not just have life, but to have life more abundantly, and that that would shine as we live for you, as we seek to uh, surrender to you, as your spirit leads, as we seek to bring glory to your name in all that we do. Lord, we surrender to you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for meeting with us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you inhabit our praises, that we have this, that we can come together as a family to praise and worship and to um, pray for one another. It says your house is a house of prayer, Lord. This isn't an unusual thing for us to pray for one another. Just thank you. We just pray that you would bring fruit from it, Lord, that, that, that we would carry with us um, your spirit, that it would fill us, that we would, that we would give it attention, that we wouldn't run back and pick up the dead man, but that we would always choose the spirit, that we would take time to sit in your presence, whether it's here at church or whether it's at home, that we would spend time in your spirit, being filled being renewed, being healed, being equipped. Lord, we just thank you. All glory to you. All glory to your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit with intense love. 
for Jesus Christ, bringing glory to a great and glorious God. Amen. Amen.